0: You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical.
1: Hey Dave, how you doing today?
0: I'm doing great, Nick, how are you?
1: Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Beautiful
1: Friday morning, nice summer morning.
0: Yep, heading into a holiday weekend. The year oh, yeah. is over as of last night at midnight. That's
1: right. Put the first two quarters to bed. It's on to the second yeah. half of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, here's to uh, here's to better things to come as far as the economy and uh, the markets are concerned, right? Yeah, let's hope
1: so. So that kind of rolls right into our topic today. And that is, is diversification dead is the sixty forty portfolio a
0: thing of the past? I originally titled my notes for this uh, "The Sixty is Dead, Long Live the Sixty And just you know, to kind of clarify for people that are wondering what the heck we're talking about, you know, for for as long as we've been in the business, kind of the the sixty percent stock, forty percent bond portfolio was considered kind of the Goldilocks portfolio. And, and it's the it's a approximately the allocation we use for a lot of our clients because it fits a lot of different scenarios. And the idea is that it's a it's enough stock exposure and enough risk that you do well in most environments. And it's enough bonds in the portfolio to provide some cushion when things aren't going well.
1: Yeah, so kind of uh, you know just a, a good solid moderate risk profile portfolio that you know a lot of people have used for a long long time to kind of not take on all the risk of the stock market but still
0: get some decent growth um, throughout the years. We've kind of gone through a uh, interesting six months here where the stock market you know if we measure it by the S and P 500, which is the most common measurement out there. The um, stock market's down roughly 20% for the year. Meanwhile, the bond market is down 10% for the year. So a um, diversified portfolio has struggled more than it normally does when the stock market's negative.
1: Yeah, kind of the the goal of putting together and, and having bonds in your portfolio to offset the stocks is we... Assume that if the stock market's down, then bond values are going to be going up, prices are going to be going up, or at least holding their value, and that's just not what's happened so far this year.
0: Normally, you know, when when the stock market's taking it on the chin, the bond market picks up some of the slack, right? And what kind of kicked this thought process off that we need to talk about this is we, you know, we get media requests, right, from. Uh, Different, different news outlets looking for advisors to offer quotes. And suddenly we started seeing a, a spate of them that went along the lines of, now that diversification no longer works, now that the 60-40 balanced approach to portfolio management is dead. You know, and I was like, wait a minute. You know, it's been been a a few lousy months for both stocks and bonds, but logic tells us that can't persist for a lot of economic reasons that drive portfolio construction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and, you know, it's not the first time that we've heard a lot of this stuff either. You know, coming out of 2008, there was a lot of talk about it. um, and, Mm -hmm. And with where interest rates were in kind of the fear of it that never really materialized
0: materialized until, you know, right 20 or 10 15 years later we've seen this sort of talk these sort of articles or at least these inquiries every time you know one particular asset class isn't doing well now that international stocks are no longer a you know viable investment now that small cap stocks don't belong in your portfolio and and usually usually that kind of, when the media picks up on that is it's right before things reverse the other way or, you know, even out. So our reaction was, why would we even be talking like that at this point? But, you know, it is kind of a unique situation and it, and it bears a little further, uh, digging. And we actually had a good conversation with, uh, Mario Nardone, our, um, friendly chartered financial analyst who helps us out with portfolio construction. And he had some neat insights into what's going on and how to think about it.
1: I like that. I think that should be Mario's title, our friendly
0: neighborhood CFA. (laughs) (laughs) That we we, uh, go to when we, when we kind of know things but aren't able to quantify them. Right. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know,
1: Going back to your point about the media, Dave, you know, not to, to bash on them, but they love picking up on fear out there and right. exacerbating it by, you know, thinking about things and writing about things that maybe necessarily aren't true, but people are worried about. And that kind of makes things even worse.
0: Right. So so if we think about what normally is going on when the stock market is down, usually it's it's some sort of fear about the economy or some threat to economic growth it triggers everyone to say, Hey, let's get out of stocks, right? Mm-hmm. And and so when when that fear factor starts with stocks, usually that money flows into bonds. Bonds are considered safer, bonds are are kind of the safe haven. And and so we see the prices on bonds go up to offset some of the losses on stock. And in this situation, it's a little unique because actually the risk perception started in the bond market, because what we're dealing with is inflation and rising interest rates to combat inflation. And both of those things, both the the cause and the solution are not good for bonds in terms of their prices. So inflation hurts bonds because bonds pay a fixed interest rate. And if you think about fixed payments over time, when inflation is high, every one of them is worth a little less, right? So bonds are less attractive in that environment. And also as interest rates rise, new bonds paying higher yields are considered more valuable than the old bonds that are out on the market because they're going to still have the old interest rates stuck to them. So their prices go down so that their yields even out. And so, so it's kind of a, kind of a double whammy for bonds. Meanwhile, this kind of change isn't good for stocks in the short run, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because for companies, we see their costs of capital go up. They can't borrow as cheap as they could before. And one thing, you know, that I, that I hadn't thought about that Mario pointed out when we were talking about this is that, also, you know, too, how we value stocks is based on their future earnings. And when interest rates are higher, you know, we use a time value of money calculation to figure out what those earnings should be worth. And, and in short, you know, when that interest rate is higher, those earnings are less today than they are in the future, the higher the interest rate calculation you're using. So, you know, that that hurts stocks, too. You know, so right now. Essentially, both stocks and bonds, if you will, as though they're sentient things, both the bond and the stock market is a better way to put it, are looking at the same scenario and reacting negatively to it. Yeah, it's you know, it's definitely
1: interesting and something that we haven't seen a lot of in the history of the markets. But one of the things that I want to point out is that all of the things that we're talking about have an impact on both the stock and bond market in the short term. Mm-hmm. And so if we think about the long term rising interest rates, the way that bonds work is that when they mature you, you know, get new bonds, then you're mm-hmm. getting higher interest rates. And so for the long-term investor. Higher interest rates mean better, you know, bond performance over a longer period of time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. As as bond portfolios turn over and are buying the higher bonds, higher yielding bonds, you end up kind of back in the same place. It's just we see a drop in prices in the short run that eventually works itself out. So that's one that's one reason not to worry too much in in the bigger picture. The other is that both the stock market and the bond market can't be looking at the same set of data and having the same reaction over the long run. You know, eventually, you know, interest rates are rising to slow growth down and that will impact stocks. But at some point that evens out as the Fed you know, reaches a state where they no longer have to raise rates and then the stock market can kind of balance back out. And the other thing, and this is where Mario was super helpful, is to think about the fact that the diversification effect from bonds has to do with their prices going up as yields come down. And when we're going through this kind of inflection point where interest rates are already so low, they can't get pushed down any further. Now that interest rates are higher and rising, there's actually more room for the diversification effect of bonds when normal threats occur that upset the stock market. So, you know, without getting into a lot of fancy math, if a bond would go up 5% in price for every 1% drop in interest rates and interest rates are at 1%, it really isn't going to get pushed more than that 5% price increase. And now that interest rates are higher, there's more room for that to work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's kind of one of those, like, it's a painful transition when you're going through it, mm-hmm. but it also is going to insulate us and give, you know, gives the Fed more options, gives yeah. the portfolio more options when the recession does happen, whether it's, you know, sooner or later, it, it's right. you know, it's one of those things that has to happen in order for us to kind of have some protection down the road. Right. So. Right. Painful while it happens, but a good thing in the long term, right? Just like a lot yeah. of things in life, you gotta get through the, the pain to get to the <laughs> to get to a better place. <laughs> right. right. Sacrifice today yeah. for tomorrow. <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, and and keep keep you know a couple things in mind. And I think this is gonna be a recurring theme as we're um, you know, re evaluating what's gone on in the first half of the year and looking towards the second, you know, when when covid struck, the stock market dropped dramatically, and the government had to pump stimulus into the market to hold, you know, to, to get things back in, in where they should be, both the economy and the stock and bond market. And so now, you know, we're seeing rates rise as the government removes that stimulus. And we really shouldn't be too surprised that we're seeing, you know, turbulence in the markets as as the stimulus helped support the markets, taking the stimulus away, kind of, kind of um, creates the headaches we're going through.
1: But again, you know, short term, not necessarily long term. And so, you know, just like anything, you should be prepared for what happens in the short term with an eye towards your long term goals, not necessarily making changes or doing different things because it's not going exactly according
0: to plan in the short term. Yeah. And so, you know, when you hear, uh, when you read in the newspaper that, you know, a certain strategy that's worked forever in the markets is no longer viable, just keep in mind, you know, that just about the time they notice or they proclaim such things is probably about the time the markets will prove them wrong. I think this is going to be an interesting thing for us to come back to, you know, again, at the end of the year and then next year. Because you know, my gut reaction is that uh, we'll see this straighten out as as the markets uh, markets recover and uh, diversification is not dead. Long live diversification! Yeah, and another thing that I would caution people on
1: as well is I think what you're going to see as a result of this is you're going to see a lot of people go out and tell you that you have to change the way that you invest or you have to do things differently. Mm-hmm. You need to add, you know, 20% of your portfolio should be in alternative investments or gold or Crazy stuff like that because, it, you know, fear breeds opportunity for the salespeople, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So and, I would, what I would caution people on is, you know, just because things aren't going great at this exact moment isn't necessarily a reason to turn around and, and change your investment strategy. As a matter of fact, it's probably the opposite more reason to not change your investment strategy than it is to think that you have to do things differently because people are out there selling different
0: types of investments now as a result of this. Yeah. There's an old, uh, cliche that the most dangerous, uh, four words for your portfolio are this time it's different. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) keep that in mind. And, uh, stay tuned. Um, you know, this will be an ongoing thing for us to come back to and see how this plays out. But, uh, you know, it's uh, going to be interesting. May you always live in interesting times is the other cliche says, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So um, as always, if you have questions
1: on diversification, sixty forty portfolio, how that might relate to you, shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com um, love talking about that stuff and would love to help you if you have questions. Dave, as always, it's been a pleasure. Excited to kind of see how things go from this discussion. And we'll definitely have a follow up at some point um, here later this year.
0: Sounds good, Nick. Thanks. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com. And contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.